Hey everybody, welcome to Listen Money Matters. My name is Matt and I'm here as always with Andrew. Andrew, I know it's super early in the afternoon, but are you <laughs> drinking anything? Uh, obviously I'm drinking, dude. I got, uh, we're, it, we're running a little low, but uh, I have some bullet uh, bourbon. Bullet just, bourbon, just straight? Yeah, I got a little bit of water, you know, because I'll be tanked for... Uh, oh, yeah, well, duh. Jesus, yeah. bullet bourbon, that's a good bourbon. Is it rye or is it just bourbon? Uh, just bourbon. Okay, cool. I'm drinking water, so nothing special at all. Lame. Yeah, you should at least come and like teach something. You should, I, I got to start drinking egg. beer on the show like we used to. Yeah. I'm not drinking beer this early, but I mean, I should. I got nothing to lose, right? Well, True. I guess I guess everything can <laughs> become an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> yeah, you've, you've definitely made me an alcoholic. Yeah. So before we get started, if you have a question about personal finance, including income, debt, budgeting, or investing... Or if you just want to say hello, we would love that. Please shoot us an email with your question to listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys and ask and answer your question on the show if you have one. If you're not, say hello anyway. And today, we're talking about the common traits of financially successful people. We want to know – we did an episode a while back called The 20 Habits of Rich People, which I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it was kind of bullshit, right? Because we heard it from Dave Ramsey, our friend. I was going to say we were reading off Dave Ramsey's website and he definitely outsourced it to like some dude in – Some other country. And yeah. I think uh, – and it was basically – it was based off of percentages. This is not that. The, we have 10 of them and it's off of a website called – GetRichSlowly.org, an excellent personal finance website besides yeah. ListenMoneyMatters.com. Um, and there's, we have, there's 10 here. And these are actually really good. And I follow some of these things, but not all of them. Like clearly not all of them. But we'll start. And we just want to talk about each one in depth. And, and maybe if we have any stories to relate to it, we'll just go that route. Sounds good? Cool. Right. First one is... Successful people surround themselves with positive people. Now, That's so important. Do you? Because yeah, I sure dude. as fuck don't. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have negative people in my life. I try and either make them positive people or, like, cut them out. Well, I don't know if you can actually make somebody a positive person. I think you just have to kind of cut your losses and go. You know? Okay, so so it I guess it depends on the relationship, but yeah. Because I know, like, and I've and this is a terrible thing to say, but I told my mother she was toxic. That's pretty <laughs> terrible, dude. It's pretty terrible, right? <laughs> Only because I was sitting there, like, making a mental list of people who I spend my time with in my head, and I was putting them into two categories: either you're toxic or you're not toxic. And my mother is just very negative, and she's my mom, so she's like. Always like looking out for me, but at the same time, like she's negative. So when I quit my job and started to do this full time for two years, she said, you know, eventually you're going to have to go out and find a job. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. That's not my goal. So you should support me. My dad, on the other hand, is very supportive. Like, yeah, go do that. Go be Go be an entrepreneur. That's fucking awesome, you know? It's very similar on my side as yeah. well, actually. My, my mom is a very positive person. Yeah. She, yeah, she will, uh, you know, encourage me, whatever, but I think it's like the, the risks or, or I don't know. Right. Or her vision of what is good, you know? It's different. Yeah. But 
I mean, she I mean, she admits that she's, you know, pretty pessimistic in life. You know, she hates her job. You know, she sleeps a lot. She's just like, just very like, you know, she's not. I love her, but mm. she can be that way. And she knows it. And so, I mean, when you, you say. You can't get rid of your mom, though. You know, you can't, no, you like, can't. can't dump her. Because uh, when I first met Laura, like, she had a lot of, like, anxiety. And uh-huh. she was, like, afraid. Like, we would we would be on vacation and, you know, she wouldn't want to do, like, ATV, ride her own ATV because she was scared or something, you know. So, well, but, what about just, was she negative or just uh, scared? Because that's, that's different, I think. Yeah, I, I guess it's different. I mean, she wasn't, like, so negative, like, oh, my God, I'm a failure or whatever. I think she was just very fearful of things that were different. Yeah. Like, she she never had had um, sushi before she met me. Now it's, like, our favorite food. Like, you know, so she's... I don't I, know. I'm not I, saying change people, but I'm saying, like, people, you could ease people into, you know. I don't think having somebody who likes sushi is a trait of... Oh, it wasn't that she didn't... Okay, sorry, to rephrase. It wasn't that she didn't like sushi. It was that she really just never had it, so it was she didn't like it. We were just opening her up to new experiences. But I think I'm. what I mean is, like, I have a friend who's very negative. Like, everything that I do, he has something negative to say about it. You know? Mm-hmm. And, he, and he puts me down. You know? He's still my that's, friend. That's toxic but shit. But that's dude, toxic yeah. shit, right? So it's like, if I if I create something or do a video or write something... Nine times out of ten, it's negative. But when I get that one good positive thing, it's like, wow, I must have really did something right, you know? Mm. And it's not that you constantly need praise, but I, I don't know about you. I'm constantly doubting myself, and I'm I'm the, my own worst enemy. So the last thing I need is other people putting that into my head as well. It just makes it that much harder to do good things. Exactly. And that's, that's really what it boils down to, mm. is just, you know, surrounding yourself with people who are encouraging, you know, yeah, go do that thing. Or, you know, they could be a little, um, uh, discouraging if it's, if it's for your benefit, you know, if they're just doing yeah. it cause they're a dick, well then that's somebody you need to, you know, question your, your relationship with, I think. And it's very hard. It's, it's not easy to dump your friends and dump the people you surround yourself with. I, I'll give you another example, and I told you this story before, and you kind of couldn't believe that this had happened to me, but mm. there was a time in my life not too long ago, about two, two and a half years ago, I worked for a company, and I was uh, a marketing director for a, um, a restoration company, we, uh, you know, in case your house floods or whatever, and I did it for about a year and a half, mm. and we started, my boss, uh, he started a website um, software company. And he wanted me to be the marketing director of that too. So I joined the company as a partner and we had a programmer and I was the designer of the software. The programmer, at first, the nicest person I ever met in my life. Like he would call me before he got into work and said, hey, do you want Starbucks? I'm picking up coffee. I'm like, dude, yes. And then (laughs) sometimes I would do it because I was just – he did it all the time. So it was so nice. And he was just super friendly to me and whatever. Then all of a sudden – um, there was another girl that worked there and I was technically her boss and she mm. didn't like that so much. And I wasn't, it was the first time I've ever had to like be in charge of anybody. Actually, that's not true, but, uh, it was the first time, you know, I was in charge of somebody who was older than me, let's say. And she <laughs> would come into the room and 
like just argue with me constantly just like be really mean and shit and like at a certain point i i just like i at a certain point like i had to put her in her place and she ended up uh being on pills and she was stealing from the company this whole time and she oh, wow. and she accused everybody of sexually harassing her including me and i had and she was touching me the entire time and i was uncomfortable with it so i was just like can you not touch me She's like, oh, I'm sorry. And then yet here she does. And so she was just crazy and like really made my working environment like extremely toxic. Like I hate it coming to work because I had to see her, you know. She eventually quit, stole a bunch of shit from the company, and then my company had to sue her or whatever. They had to get their stuff back. Um, but this programmer I was working with, like again, started off super nice. And then he, the software kept breaking and he kept blaming me. And it wasn't me. And I, I'm, only, I'm the only person in the company that knew how to do what I did. And he was the only person in the company that did programming. So, like, there's nobody to check our work, right? right? So he just kept blaming me, blaming me. So what he did was he convinced our boss to hire a designer and stick me just with marketing it instead of doing the design work. And I said – and he kind of did it behind my back and all of a sudden this guy shows up and I'm like, oh, so what are you here for? He goes, I'm designing the software. I'm like, oh, so I guess I'm out. I guess I'm not designing the software anymore. He goes, well, you can help. I'm like, okay. So then the designer comes in, pitches a bunch of idea to my, to my boss. My boss was like not really feeling it. He didn't like the designs. He liked my designs better but didn't want to, I guess, appear like, you know, he mm-hmm. was he was being – you know, the, the, the programmer knew more than my boss about it. So – Whatever. Long story short, uh, the programmer ended up trying to push me out of work. He started. He stopped talking to me, and he started to like print out stuff on the computer, like to define my job for me. And he would go to my boss and say shit about me behind my back, which weren't was wasn't true. And slowly but surely, since I'm a nice person, I was talking to the designer, who happened to be a really really nice person, a really nice guy. I'm still friends with him. And the designer and I uh, struck up a friendship that, like, was better than the one that he had with the programmer who originally brought him in. Then it turns out that the programmer was snorting crushed up pills like Ritalin and, and Adderall Dude, and shit. Dude, what kind of story is this? It's like uh... – <laughs> So, yeah. I mean I'm just telling you this, this to- about this toxic person who – and then he started – he was shooting up heroin and he had guns and he was on parole. We didn't know. And where, where was this? You were working at McDonald's? No, or I, I, this is. I was working for uh, like a, a software company, I guess. Not a big one. I mean, tiny. But um, this is pre two thousand, right? No, this is like <laughs> two years ago. So, long story short, again, the program or the designer kept coming to me and telling me all these things, and I was like, just I couldn't go to my boss and say, "Hey, our our programmer is fucking doing pills at his desk." Um, and not getting work done because he's too busy looking at his guns, and he was just being an asshole. He was on coke too. There was all kinds of shit. So eventually, I just let the chips fall where they lie. I just like let it. I let it unfold and let my boss figure out that wow, this kid's a real idiot. And it turns out like I just hated coming. I, he was so toxic. Like he just he made me hate and question everything that I did. Like my design work, which I was very confident about during the time, and he made me question that. And that, and at the same time, I had a, an ex-girlfriend, or I was dating a girl at the time, who was also that way. So I had three people in my life who were just bringing me down and made me feel like shit all, all day long. 
and I, thank God, was able to get rid of them all in like one shot. I was like, all right, something's going on. I'm, I'm with all these crazy people. I, I got to get out. And I just got out. And my life has been better since, and I have not dealt with people that way. And if I do encounter people like that, I'm aware of it now. So it was a learning experience. So I'm aware of those people, and now I just avoid them. So I'm like, um, you're a nice person. I'm just not going to be your friend. And I don't say that out loud, but in my head, right, right. I think that. So, <laughs> again. To, 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 <laughs> and thanks for listening yeah, yeah. to <laughs> So successful people surround themselves with positive people. Successful people aren't flummoxed by failure is that a is that a word i think i think they're not it's like they're not thrown off yeah so successful people fail a lot oh all the time all the time my favorite we actually i wrote an article on this because i saw the the michael jordan commercial where it's like i missed like five million shots like i I, all the times i didn't make the game winning whatever and blah Mm -hmm. blah blah but like no one remembers him for that. But right. he had ton of tons of failures. That's how he learns. That's how he, you know. Yeah, and, all the time at work. And they never tell that story. Like most most uh, successful people, you never hear of their failures. So you just think, oh wow, this guy just got successful Dude, overnight. At, at work, it was like uh, two days ago, I think. Um, so we're doing all this royalty reporting, you know, because music gets played at iHeartRadio, and we have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And we have this like super critical list of songs that were played from like radio stations like Z100, and we're trying to convert to this new system. And I accidentally just like deleted the entire table with all the data. Oh, nice! Because because they were having production on development, blah blah blah, and there's like no backups. So we're just like, all right, well, <laughs> guess we're not converting this month. Like, right? It was, it was fucked up. So but, you failed. You know, yeah, yeah. That shit happens all the time, and. The cool part about engineering is like everyone embraces fucking up because we're all fucking up always. So it's just like as long as you weren't an idiot, I mean like an idiot about it and like you learn from it and then you take actionable steps to prevent the failure in the future, it's cool. Well, you don't dwell on the failure, right? So, yeah. um, you know, people like Steve Jobs and, and all these other successful guys, they failed so much. I'm sure Warren Buffett has made – so many investing mistakes in his life, but he's made a few good ones that had catapulted him to the top, right? But I mm. could, I, I would guarantee, I would bet my life on it that he has made more failures than he has successes, and he's and and, and in that process, he's learned from those failures and has improved himself. I mean, yeah. I've been fired from jobs. I'm sure you've been fired from jobs before. No, I've never been fired from jobs. I'm sure you've been fired from jobs before. You have <laughs> I've to... never been fired, dude. No? I'm, I'm eager to please. I've been let go. I don't think I've ever been fired. fired. I've never been let... Dude, Lehman went bankrupt, yeah. and uh, all the, the senior people on the team got laid off. They kept me. Would you... Cons- no. I, I was, like, pretty junior. I was, I'm like, I was like a workhorse back then. And, I mean, you made, uh, like, investing mistakes. You, you mentioned... I made a ton of investing yeah. mistakes. Yeah. I just haven't been fired from a job. Okay, so I'm too, example. like, insecure and, like, crazed to ever get to a point, you know. But you can't let it, like, halt you from doing the next thing. Like you oh, have no, to, no, no. You have to fail and accept it. And I'm like, you can be sad for a few days and then move on. Do the next thing. And I've, you know, there's a lot of things that people fail at. But a lot of people are, like, it's... I'm a failure. I'm going to go cry and be depressed. And that's what happens. They just fall into these depressions and they don't do anything. And it, and it can really, really, like, inhibit you. 
Yeah, and for like a you long time. shouldn't feel sorry for yourself and waste time with that. Yeah, doesn't doesn't do anything. Successful people manage their time effectively. I love I'm this one. I'm fucking obsessed with this. You you know, I'm like, I'm, there might not be more people, anyone else, more obsessed with me than like managing my time. What are your favorite um, time management tools slash resources, books, whatever? Uh, so I love GTD, getting things done. And it's like kind of how to prioritize the things you do next mm-hmm. and how to like manage your workload. Cause people are like, um, I want to build a house and then they could put on like their to-do list, like build house. Right. You know what I mean? But instead it's about breaking it up into actionable, meaningful tasks. And I mean, I don't know if the listeners know about Merlin Mann. He talks a lot about that stuff. I mean, he'll do it much more justice than I do. So, so it, to, 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 you're not writing down show notes, I imagine. Shit, you know I'm I'm terrible at this. I so know. ready? Um, no, I got it here. I'm all okay. I'm all, so getting things done is a book. Is a and, book, and it's written and it, by David Allen. Yeah, and he also has. You'll also see GTD in other uh, arenas. Like um, there's uh, GTD built into certain pieces of software. Like to do lists, uh, like to do list, yeah. Like uh, for the iPhone, OmniFocus is like GTD compliant, for yeah. Lack of a better word. And Merlin Mann is an independent writer, is a speaker, is a broadcaster. He has a show. It's called the oh shit, like the nine uh, to five. Yeah, something like that. Uh, I mean, well, you search his name and there'll be a ton of stuff. But he's like the like he he came up with the concept Inbox Zero, which which I wrote about. He created uh, forty three folders. Yeah, he, he's kind of a, a big famous dude. Yeah. So, so that. Oh, I'm sorry. His podcast is called Back to Work. Mm. Yeah. And Merlin Man is spelled M E R L I N M A N N, and that's his website, MerlinMan.com. Right. So. And yeah, you, I, I'm aware of him, and he's good too. And and again, David Allen, uh, getting things done is great. Those are like major like philosophy type things, mm-hmm. but then I also use stuff like uh, Rescue Time. Because uh, I'll be on my computer, and, and I love well, to play video games. what is Rescue... Like, just describe what Rescue Time is. Yeah, so um, Rescue Time is basically a piece of software that'll track everything you do on the computer um, across however many computers you install it on. It's and, a web-based app. Uh, no, no. It, it, it's a, a, a native app. Like, so if you're on Windows, it'll install onto Windows like a normal program. Same mm-hmm. with Mac. And what it does, it just tracks everything. And it's not to be like a nanny other than like the reports you get are uh, broken down into like the type of thing. Like I spend a lot of time in Skype talking to you. So like messaging and, you know, email and stuff like that. And it kind of, you could categorize it. It's like the mint for your time. So you see how productive you were and it kind of like helps you keep yourself accountable because I could play video games for hours, and I'll forget even like where I am or what day it is. You right, know? and it'll it'll say you know you spent thirty percent of your time on Facebook, twenty percent of your time on Twitter, fifty percent of your time playing whatever f- video game you play on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know a video game title I can think of. Call of Duty, Heroes of New Earth. It's like it's like League of Legends for less cool people, hmm. and yeah, I, yeah. I I think it's awesome. So, and I I another book that I like. Is the Four Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, 
which that was pretty good, which talks a lot about time management and how to delegate. So, um, you know, and they, obviously the the title is kind of sounds kind of douchey, four hour work week. But he's not saying that you should work four hours a week. But the idea is that you can condense a lot of your work into four hours. And one of the things I I like is let's say you're at work, right? Mm. And you're about to it's Friday or you're about to go on vacation. You know how much like stuff you get done like the hour before you have to close down just to like wrap things up. Imagine yeah. doing that all the time. Like you get so much stuff done instead of like bullshit with your coworkers and like you know just having people interrupt you in your office, which is another thing. Like uh, another person I like who's more in the marketing space, but he does talk a little bit about time management is Seth Godin. And He's awesome. I, he, I love Seth Godin. Yeah, and if you guys are interested, I just listened to a podcast. It's twelve episodes. It's called The Startup School with Seth Godin. I highly recommend it if you're thinking about becoming any kind of entrepreneur. Uh, really good stuff. But very motivating, great strategies approach. Yeah, yeah, the guy's brilliant, and you know he he hates meetings because meetings are really unproductive. You know, mm-hmm. and they wait, they suck a lot of time. Tim Ferriss talks about he checks his email once a week. You know. Because unless it's like super urgent, call me. If it's not mm. urgent, email me. And he also has something set up on his uh, voicemail at work at the time when he was working. And this is something that anybody could do. And you have, I mean, obviously, if you if you work for a boss, you're gonna have to run it by them first before you do this. But he would his voicemail message would would say like, "Hey, this is Tim Ferriss. I check my email at four o'clock every single day. If it's urgent." Uh, call this number. If not, just leave a message and I will get it. And he checks his voicemail once a day at four o'clock. Same thing with email. He checks it once in the morning, once in the afternoon. And in between that time, he's getting work done. So this is being, Mm. it's about really being productive and using your time effectively while you have it. And think about how much stuff you can get done and then take time off to do the things you really want to do. Yeah. You know? and, and there's tons of articles that humans are terrible at multitasking. And oh, yeah. Switching tasks really reduces our, our efficiency. So you're doing something, and then you go to look at your email, and then you go back. Right. Like, you just lost so much productivity, like your train of thought. It's – so I, I, don't, I don't do it, but I should. Yeah. I should actually try more, yeah. Successful people ignore opinions of others. You know, that's interesting, and, and I kind of, um, I'm on the line there. Can you do me a favor and get close to the mic? Like this? Yeah. Yeah. You sound nicer. Thanks, man. Because you don't have the room. But anyway. This, this is my sexy voice right There you now. go. So whisper to you. Gross. <laughs> All right, so ignoring uh, opinions of others. And I don't know if I necessarily <coughs> agree with all of it because there are some people's opinion that I value very highly. You are one of them where if I have an idea, I want to get your opinion before I go gung ho with it. You know, if you like it, then I say, fine, I'm going to jump on that. But if I crowdsourced it and got a bunch of people's opinions about it, then blah. So there was a, uh, an incident where I was at work and we had, we had a folder I had to make, I had to design a a folder and Mm. My boss said, I want a white folder. I said, okay. So I designed a white folder. He doesn't like it. Well, no. Then he goes, oh, let me see what it looks like in blue. So I designed a blue folder. And he goes, hmm, I don't know which one I like best. I go, pick one. He goes, no, let's go around to the office and get everyone's opinion. I'm like, oh, my Uh, God. No. 
Just flip a coin. Yeah, you know how much time that's going to take? It's a freaking folder. Who gives a shit? And plus, blue wasn't even our, like, brand color. So immediately I'm like, I don't even want to use blue because it wasn't even – it's just not even – I just had more knowledge. But I didn't value his opinion, and I wanted to ignore it, but I couldn't. And then he got opinions of everybody else who was an office of non-designers, you know? So it's like – you know, do you just want to say what color do you like better, white or blue? Yeah, and, then, and, and then put a folder on it. Like. Yeah, but people's opinions, it, it the, there's value to those opinions. So, like, if you have two designs and you ask four designers, there's going to be value there. But if you have two designs and ask three mechanics, and, and here's the thing, and I think what maybe you're getting at is like people can give an opinion, like it's like, so you know, what do you think of our podcast? And someone could be like, it's fucking shit. And I'm like that that's great well, that's, but it actually doesn't tell me anything. You know what they say? Hmm. Opinions are like assholes. Everyone's got one. <laughs> you ever hear that? Yeah. So it's true. Like I could give an opinion about everything, but what But the thing is, I mean like you you have to respect someone one, but I think it's like not like don't listen to the I mean I'm sorry. Successful people ignore the opinions of others. And I think it's not true because I think what they're trying to convey is like you should make the decision. I personally find it important to get the opinions of others so that I, it'll help me make my own opinion. True. So let me read this paragraph because it's kind of different from what we're talking about, I think. it's They don't feel compelled to, quote unquote, keep up with the Joneses. They limit their exposure to mass media not only because it allows them to be more productive – but also because it reduces the influence of advertising and the pressure of cultural norms. When investing, they don't follow the herd. In this, in this case, I don't know if this is like right up what you're, what you're saying, but the wealthy people I know all drive older cars, many of them bought used, which I'm all about, dress modest, modestly, avoid, uh, avoid conspicuous consumption, but the people that I know who are most often broke – they're on top of the trends and fashion. So they kind of follow the the ninety nine percent, the the what do they call that? What's that what's that uh oh I'm getting tested. The lemmings? No, like they follow you know, when something goes to market you have the early adopters who are like the mm. people who are like riding the the new thing and then you get the people who are all like, Oh, it's like now everyone's on like when Facebook first started it was like a few people who were like in the know and just, you know, thought it was like cool. herd mentality and shit. Yeah. Yeah, then it hits the masses and it's like you just follow these trends. Like, yeah, my, the people that I, I you know what and and in my own life, my friends who have like a good fashion sense and, and spend a lot of money on clothes are broke. You know, yeah. and, 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 and uh, that's, you know, I'm not to say that you should dress like an asshole all the time, like just like a slob. I know? mean, to that point, dude, like, so you could always be chasing the latest trends. You will then always look like most people. You will never be the first ones. You'll never actually be the cool one. You'll be the everyone one. Well, I like and- the idea of like not keeping up with the Joneses. Like I, everyone in my circle of friends was buying a house because it's what you did and i did too and look at me i was freaking broke i was broke for a while because i did mm. that and of other things you know Every, and and you know you don't have to follow the joneses like you can make your own path and i think that's what they're saying here is you know you don't have to follow what everyone else is doing you don't have to one-up your friends as far as or one-up your friends and family like oh my friend just bought a new car and my car's old i better buy a new one so i look like i'm successful 
Or I mean, like it's, it's not a competition. No, it really is. And what difference does it make if people think you're successful or not? Like, you either are or you aren't, and that's right. something you know on the inside. Yeah. Like, it's not like you go around, like, with the num- with your salary number above your head, just, like, shouting it out and shit. Like, like a video game? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't talk about that stuff because, right. you know. Successful people have direction. They act with purpose. They know why they're working hard and saving money. They have a mission. I like that. I do too. Uh, they're just driven people. And that's true. And Very you know, purposeful. You know, you know what you want. Go do it. Doing things for a reason, yeah. Doing things for a reason. I don't really think there's much else to say on that topic. No, I think it's just very, yeah. It's just good. Compelling, yeah. And it makes sense, you know? It does. Uh, Successful people focus on big wins. I used to have a post-it note on my computer that read, big wins every day. I don't think it really did anything for me. (laughs) But what... All right, so... They develop smart habits and they pay attention to the small stuff, but they also understand that if they're diligent with their dollars, okay. what the hell is that? So, oh, sorry. <laughs> Pause break. So basically, they're diligent with their dollars, and the pennies will take care of themselves. Right? I, I just got to say though that uh, I, my mom had gotten me a birthday card. For my 29th birthday, that that sings like. That's not annoying. I, yeah, well, it was cool what you gave it to me, but then it was, it sits on the floor, and it it sings when you open the lid, and so the cat, like with her paw, she kind of like lifts it a little bit, and then the, the the things in the card start dancing and start singing. She gets a little scared. She wants and to then because the she takes her paw away, it stops, and so she she likes it. But anyways. So that's a big win for the cat. Seriously. She, a, she focused on big wins, like right. ruining a podcast episode. Right. So, yeah. I mean, um, how, could you, how would you describe a big win in somebody's in, – in, in just uh, someone's life? Like what would it be a big win for you at work, for instance? Uh, so a big win for me at work would be um, – previously it was, it was raising my salary mm-hmm. or, or getting the, the next title promotion mm-hmm. or, or – now my next big win is I want to do data science work. So I want to be like a junior data scientist to a senior guy and get like some crazy experience. And it's just like, um, you know, you want the promotion and that's like the big win, but it's like the lots of little things. It's like, okay, this is what I want. And then you break it down to like the little, right, whatever you got to do. And yeah. Yeah. I would say big wins. What about big wins in, in money? Like paying off a credit card, getting rid of student debt, getting That's, rid of student yeah. debt. But um, like, how could you do that? Like, I would say a big win for me would be if I had credit card debt and I did in the past. I sold a bunch of shit and got money, like a big chunk of money from just selling mm. a bunch of stuff, and it allowed me to like put a big dent in my credit card debt, and that was a big win for me. And I, you know, if you just keep focusing on achieving those big wins. Then things happen much faster. Yeah. Especially in debt. And in investing too. You know, oh, sell sell your stuff. You know, sell a bunch of stuff in your garage, have a yard sale. I mean, spring's right around the corner. Or it, we might even be in spring. Are we in spring? No. Yeah. Yeah, we're in, we're in yeah, spring. We're in spring. Right now. Yeah, yeah, March 21st. Um But dude, I mean, imagine this. To your points, you go, you sell all the stupid shit in your garage, and you know, you you, you get 
you know, ten thousand dollars, say, and you know, put Jesus it in January. Christ. I don't what know. Are you selling for ten grand? <laughs> maybe the the car in your garage. Wow. Okay. Maybe. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But I'm um, thinking like a thousand, maybe like five hundred bucks. <laughs> if you, if you put it in the market January first, uh, twenty thirteen, at December thirty first, twenty thirteen, you would have made thirty percent. Wow. You know, it's huge. That's a pretty big win. It's a big win. So only one year out of your tons of years of life. You know. Yeah. So focus on those big things. They're nice. Successful people do what's difficult. They don't procrastinate. And this is something I have a problem with because I am a master procrastinator. Mm, me too. I'm very good at procrastinating. <laughs> I am. You know, it might be good because um, then you just don't do the stuff that doesn't matter. You know? Yeah, like I know that I should create a massive infographic because I know it will bring in a ton of traffic to my website. And yet I keep pushing it back because it's much easier for me to, um, you know, fix a little thing on the website, like a little design and thing or, or design something that's like not really that important. And I keep doing those things knowing that I should – do something that's really hard because the payoff is going to be much bigger. And I get the hard stuff. Like, all right, perfect example. What I'm doing right now for Swim University. You're like, you got to monetize the website. I'm like, okay, yeah, I am. And I'm slowly doing it. But you're like, you're like, well, I have this new idea. It's going to take me roughly 50 hours. Right. I just keep and- procrastinating. And that's not good. <laughs> you just got to do. And here's the thing that Seth Godin says, too, is you got to front load the difficult work. Right? Yeah. So, like, do all the hard shit up front, and it will pay off in dividends later. You can focus on the easy stuff later. And I think that that's important in anything. You can do that in anything. Like setting up a Betterment account. Freaking, you, I mean, if, if devotees know that I've spent so much time not, getting a, over it. Yeah, not yeah. getting a Betterment account. And finally I did. It was just like I didn't feel like it takes setting. you ten minutes to like set well, up maybe maybe twenty minutes to auto your well it's not it's weeks ch- because you got to set up your bank account and then they got to deposit a couple of oh, cents but but not worth of work though it's still time it's still like uh, you know you can't do it all in like five minutes it takes like a few it's over the span of a few days and just the thought of that it, it's just it's basically it's procrastination and nothing gets done when you procrastinate maybe when they say successful people do what's difficult maybe difficult is really doing what's needing to be done that's basically it that's all it is i think being able to you know uh, not design shit because you want to for the sake of whatever and just taking care of you know like you got to clean your garage right you've been Mm. you've been putting it off putting it off putting it off it's been the winter time you're like finally and this is my dad's one of these people he's our, our garage at my parents house is like packed to the gills and everything in there could pretty much be sold but it's just procrastinating, procrastinating, because it's a really hard thing to do. It's a, it's hard. I think to put, I saw your garage on Hoarders. Yeah, it was on. He was on a television show. It's a really hard thing to do because you gotta, you know, set everything up outside. You gotta, you know, you gotta announce it. You gotta make flyers. You gotta put it on Craigslist. There's all kinds of things you gotta do. It's so really your hard. Your town doesn't have like a, a uh, one sh- day where everyone does it. Yeah, but how do you coordinate that? You know, it's it's it. What do you mean? How do you do? coordinate the town's like? Uh, by the way, like no, this come is on. Where, this is a freaking my town. My parents' town does yeah, that. Yeah, that's North Jersey. This is freaking South Hick, freaking Jersey. This so is not the same thing. The, okay, not. I don't mean um, 
uh, garage sale. I mean, gun sale. They don't have like coordinated gun sales. Oh, those, yeah, all the time. So gun try and sale sell your and cockfighting. Gun sale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to do, but when you do it, think about all the money you're gonna make. You could put that towards debt. You could put that towards your student loans. You could put that towards paying off your car. You could put that towards your mortgage. You can put that in investing. There's so many things you can do. You just gotta actually do it. And it's easier said than done, but that's procrastination, and it's it's hard to do. Mm. Successful people make their own luck. I don't understand this. So, dude, I I think, and this is probably like some saying from someone. I, I heard it, and I always I like it. It's a uh, uh, luck is the meeting of preparation and opportunity, okay. right? Like. You know, um, like the great job that you always wanted. All of a sudden, you got really lucky, and it was like you know there for you. But you also were kind of like working your whole life to build up these skills, and then this opportunity came to you. So you're lucky. But if you didn't build these skills, the the job that you would have dreamed of could have came up, but you weren't prepared. You don't have the skills, so it goes to someone else. Hmm. hmm. I don't want that to be misinterpreted, like. If you buy enough lottery tickets, that's making your own luck. No, that's not. There's no lucky in lottery. I mean, that's lottery is a, is the fool's tax. Mm, I agree. Don't play the lottery. Instead, take that five dollars that you're going to put in the Powerball and put it in uh, some investment account. And you know what? And you know what? Say you actually were truly lucky, and you won the lottery. You spent one dollar your whole life on the lottery, and you win the lottery. Um, and so you have more money than you ever know what to do with. Like, uh, you're gonna feel guilty about that. It, the money will be meaningless to you because you didn't earn it. Yeah, and I don't you know, know what? about that. I don't know if I agree with that. No, I, I think be, people people awesome. are driven by like their own. You have like a a value that you assign to yourself. You know what? And I mean. Like, uh, maybe it's with your job or your relationship or whatever, your experiences. So you sign this value to yourself and you just get all this value that you probably don't deserve. I don't know. I, winning like $50 million in a lottery would be friggin' awesome. Even winning like $1,000 <laughs> a week for the rest of your life would be awesome. It'd be I so think that awesome. Would be awesome. Yeah, I mean. Anyway. <laughs> success- I like the idea of being a self made man, though. I do t- well, or, yeah. or woman. I do too, but. You know, sometimes, I mean, a nice little extra money wouldn't be, wouldn't be bad. But don't play the lottery to get that. Because then you might prove us, prove me wrong. <laughs> no, <laughs> trust me, you won't win. Successful people, ah, successful people believe they're responsible for their future. So I think this is sort of along the same lines as they make their own luck. Right? Mm. Um, they have an internal focus of control, which is, I mean. Locus, I think it says. I don't know what that oh, means. Oh, it does say internal locus of control, whatever the hell that is. Um, that is, <laughs> they understand that although it might not be their fault that they're in a given situation, it is their responsibility to change it, to respond proact- productively and proactively. You know, it, it's funny. Like, um, I, I read this book from, uh, I think, Larry David. No, no. Uh, uh, who's the guy? Who's that? Uh, He's like a talk show host. Yeah. Uh, Montel Williams. No, his, his, it starts with Larry. How do I not know his name? I don't know. Larry, anyways, Larry something. Okay. And it'll come to me this because after I'm, after I'm done talking, I'm going to interrupt you with okay. his name. But uh, he has a book 
on like um, how to be like successful talking with people and stuff like that. And so I got it and I read it and he feels like in any given social situation, if the conversation is dying or people aren't having fun, Larry King. Yep. <laughs> I, I, I saw your face and I just, it just, because it it's like an obvious name. Yeah. So Larry King, I mean, obviously he's like social master. Right. And he, he, he feels it is his responsibility in these situations to, to change it. If someone's not having a good time at his dinner party or someone else's, it's his job to make them have a good time. And that's a great approach, I think, because it, it, it prevents you from blaming things away. And oftentimes you do have the ability to, to make, hmm. to change the situation, whatever yeah, the situation would be. And speaking of change, the last one we have here is successful people grow and change over time themselves. So they adapt. They evolve. They're not afraid to entertain different points of view. I'm reading this right off the page. Most importantly, they're not afraid to change their minds. They're not afraid to pivot. I'm adding that. You know, so if you're if just, if you're doing something and it's just not working out, you have to learn at some point to let go and change direction and evolve. I like that. Um, I don't. I don't think I have an example of 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 doing that myself. Do you? People changing. Dude, I, I mean, I've definitely changed, and I, I think it's like, so say, for example, you know, five years ago, you you heard about global warming, and you're like, no, that, that shit's dumb. Like, I don't believe in that. You know, that's just, there's no proof. And then there's, like, proof that comes out, and more proof that comes out, and, and it's, like, pretty much, um, I mean, not pretty much, it, it's scientific fact, yeah, it's and you could be prisoner to your own like old opinion or you could be um a progressive thinker and say hey you know it, what maybe i should start recycling now yeah it's, it's not even that it's, it's just be like not being captive to what you've past decided it's not being a hypocrite um it's being intelligent being able to change your your opinions based on new information stuff like that okay you yeah, know in 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 the finance world of it i did not believe in the stock market. I was afraid to be in the stock market. Now I'm in the stock market because you have forced me to change my ways. And now I'm making money. And I'm saving. And, you know, I used to be the guy who, I mean, everyone knows. I mean, unless you're a new listener, I used to be the guy who would spend his money on anything and everything I can get my hands on. And I decided to educate myself and evolve and now I've become a little bit more fiscally conservative. Not, you know, I still go out and spend money, but um, I, I now have different um, values. I've, I've changed my, I've definitely changed my values on how I look at money, my mindset, and that was mm. sort of self-inflicted. I, I, you know, I finally sat there and says, I don't, I don't want to be an idiot anymore. I don't want like a pivotal moment. Where yeah, you're just like I don't want to be the guy who it's like, oh. You know, let's not invite him out because he's broke and he never has any money. He never goes out. I don't want to be that. I never want to be that guy. Mm. So it's like, and I was becoming that person. So I had to change it and I, I did it. I didn't, no one else, like no one like, I didn't have an intervention with my friends and family and said like, you know, you really got to get better with your money. I had to take the initiative myself to do that. 
And, and I, I think there's like more like power or meaning behind the fact that you looked into yourself and decided this as opposed to people be like, Matt, you're like an idiot. Like you got to change, you know, you have to be like the light, your own light, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's it. That's the, that's all 10 of them. And to, to go over them real quick again, just, just, I'll just run down the Mm. list. Successful people surround themselves with positive people. They are not flummoxed by failure. They make they manage their time effectively. They ignore the opinions of others. They have direction. They focus on big wins. They do what's difficult. They make their own luck. They believe they're responsible for their future. And they grow and they change over time. And that is what makes somebody that's a those are the common traits of financially successful people. The mm. commonalities of them. So that's it for this episode. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap things up? Um No. Okay. Well, Guys, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us today. And remember, if you have any questions you'd like us to answer or you just want to say hello, email us at listenmoneymatters at gmail.com. We really want to hear from you guys. Wait, wait, can I add something in the middle of your closing? No, you can't because I'm going to do it. If you like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen. In fact, email us where you listen so we know. And also, we talk about this free money management tool called Mint. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. And we highly recommend it, that you sign up for it, totally free. Uh, it's a tool that you and I both use to keep track of our financial portfolios every single day I look at it. And Andrew and I S- collaborated and wrote a book on how to use this free tool, which you can download at masteringmint.com. And you can enter the promo code podcast and get five bucks off. So I didn't want to go out without mentioning that. And we'll be mentioning that a lot. Uh, last but not least, do you have anything else you want to add? No, no, no. Exactly. <laughs> last but not least, if you want to learn more about personal finance and money management, we're always writing new stuff and posting up new episodes at listenmoneymatters.com. So that's it. Thanks for hanging out with us. We look forward to next the next episode. So that's it. Later, Andrew. Later, Matt. Peace.